Hello, welcome to N17 Podcast. My name's Cosmo, and tonight we've got a full roster back with us. We've got Eddie. Yeah, good evening. We've got Jed. Hello, fool. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Glenn back from his sauna, off in Hello. Thailand and whatnot. Hello, how you doing? Good, good, good. How was it, man, Glenn? Like before, before you went away, things were looking kind of all right. And what, what on earth have you come back to? Yeah, you know what? Even when I was out there, I was I watched like watched a couple of games, watched the Chelsea game in a nice bar in Thailand with a few, few nice cheap beers. Watched uh-huh, that. I did not good. know where that. <laughs> 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 All the way to cheap. I did not know where that was going. Yeah, even <laughs> Yeah, fifty p beers, lovely. Yeah, and then, I need those fifty p beers. Yeah, I, I need a, I need a few of them now to be honest to get through <laughs> to get through the weeks. Right, I feel like there's only one place to start, and that is with the explosive Conte quotes that followed the the Southampton game. Do you know one of the things that that confused me the most about these quotes was the fact that I'm not sure if the performance completely warranted the meltdown. And for me, this this kind of this speaks to the fact that he is just trying to get sacked because I'm not saying we were great. Obviously, we've drawn three three with a team that was that is bottom of the league. But it's just the fact that like we got peaked by some terrible decisions, in my opinion. And I did not think it was lack of fight on behalf of the players that lost us that game. For me, it was awful refereeing decisions in the, in the sense that I think quite a few went against us. But if you get a penalty for Pat Matasar swinging his leg in, in the air and not connecting with anyone, for me, that's got nothing to do with fight and desire. That is just like awful luck. And yet here we are with these quotes from Conte saying they're used to it here. Don't play for something important. They don't want to play under pressure. They don't want to play under stress. Tottenham's story is this. 20 years, there is the owner and they never won something. Why? Until now, I tried to hide the situation, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, since then, he's backtracked on the comments and he's saying he was only talking about players. As a fan, when you hear that again, I swear to God, just reading that again, that I, yeah. that's not about the players. That's about the club. No. That's about the fans. It's especially yeah. about the owners. Um, everyone with their own agendas has tried to rewrite this and say, oh, like, this is exactly what you should want. This is, the, he's calling out the owners. No, for me, when I see they, rather than, talking about Tottenham as if he's part of it, which he is. He's the figurehead of the club. When I see they, I see someone who just has nothing but contempt for this club. And we saw it. We saw it last week as well, where in my opinion, he'd already given up when he was saying it would take a miracle to for Tottenham to finish in the top four. And then you look five out of the last seven seasons, Tottenham are finishing in the top four. I'm sorry. I'm sick of the sandbagging. I'm sick of the way he's acting towards the fans. I'm sick of the disrespect he's shown to the club. I think people still supporting him need to take a look in the mirror and actually have some pride in supporting Tottenham Hotspur because it's a serious institution. Yes, it's been wayward, uh, arguably in in recent years under Enix's tenure. Of course, we haven't won anything, but at the end of the day, you're part of a club. You're part of a community. You're part of a club that we all love. Let's have some fucking respect for ourselves. I think that that like that kind of impassioned rant is the difference between 
someone who clearly wants the club to do well and someone who's employed by someone to do a job, um, which they have, like like you said, utter contempt for. Because when you are in a situation like this, you include yourself in the rebuilding of that situation. You include yourself and take some responsibility. And the last few weeks, I've not heard a single thing come out of Conte's mouth that takes responsibility for what's been going on. And if you look at what happened on the weekend, because, you know, <laughs> I didn't watch the, the game live and I'm so happy that I didn't because I wouldn't want to have lived through the, the pain of watching that live. I then went back and because I'm a glutton for pain, I watched most of the game. Um, and a, cl- a football club... Um, in in a match where we're playing against the bottom uh, bottom half, well, bottom of the league, actually, um, you're three one up. No serious team, no team that has any confidence in themselves, drops back the amount that we drop back, and that's that's not a natural thing for football for for players to do, and the fact that Conte didn't make any changes, the in game changes were were extremely late um just go i mean obviously we had those um those injuries early on in the first half but we still had three changes to make in the second half um and two of those weren't made until very late um it just it just screams reactionary Re- reactive defending um as we've always done reactive um you know decisions by the coaching staff and like you said, Cosmo, that has nothing to do with desire or heart or passion. That's everything to do with how you manage a situation. And off the pitch, Conte has managed it extremely um, poorly. And on the pitch, we've managed um, those games extremely poorly as well. And the fact that we've not he's not taking any responsibility is what's really, really just incensed me and I'm sure other people. Um, because like... Like he um, said on 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 the on the Twitter account, a coach is part of you know a coach is meant to make those changes. A coach is part of the reason why a club will be performing well or a club will be performing badly. Players are not going to be performing well or badly independent of a of the manager. That just doesn't happen. And so it is really really disappointing and frustrating. And yeah. Um, deeply, deeply angering to see um, him react this way um, after this game. Because he, like you said previously, he'd already made the comments before and those were just really, really tough to take. Um, not because they were wrong, but because you can't do that. You can't, you, you can't, um, you, you can't hang players out to dry like that um, if you're trying to motivate them for the rest of the season. Um and then the comments after this game, we're sitting here on, on Monday evening. He's still at the club. I don't know why. Yeah, Jed, one one of, I want to get your reaction to two things. I, I want to <clears throat> know what you think of Conte saying, kind of making the argument that he hasn't been backed. But then also the the fact that, you said earlier that you keep refreshing Twitter and he hasn't been sat yet. So I kind of I, I want to know what you think of of both those things. Uh, I think I think um, we've 
all on this podcast made it pretty clear that we feel that Conte has been backed not even just in the summer, in his whole time here. I mean, he's had, what, two windows. Um, in the January window, we went out and done something that we haven't ever really done, in in my opinion, in terms of bringing in two players which ended up being crucial players for us. Whether whether that was by luck or whether it's just great, a great bit of scouting from Paratici, we did it. And we've that's not something we've ever done before. Um, committing big fees to those players as well. I mean, when you when you when you look at it, it's going to end up being about well, maybe not big fees. It's going to end up being about fifty million. Um, but then you had the summer window as well, where we spent what close to two hundred million, something that Spurs never do. Um, spending sixty million pound on a backup striker, who we bring in. We have to assume Conte wanted him. You look at the characteristics that Richarlison has, and he has everything to be a Conte-type player. You then get someone in Basuma, who has been one of the standout midfielders in the league for the past two, three seasons. And he brings him in and can't can't seem to get a tune out of him whatsoever. And then the most frustrating one, for me, which I, I, I think all of us are really excited about, Perisic has offered absolutely nothing to this team and seemingly forcing him into the team has had a big effect on Son because he's having to play a completely different role Um, so we're far far less potent up top and we've got we've got a aging wing back who who is literally offering nothing in terms of contribution Um, and then in, in the in the January transfer window we go out and get a right wing back finally and to be fair, he's he's played him and he's starting to show signs of promise now. But we've backed him. We've backed him in every single sense. We couldn't get we couldn't get Bastoni because he didn't want to leave himself. That's nothing to do with the club. As much as as much as all the Levy out people will want to say, Oh, why didn't we just fork up the 70 million? And me, I can't lie, in the summer, I was that person because I was frustrated. But it turns out he didn't want to come. And every every source was saying that he wanted Longley. And Longley has been absolutely shocking for us. He's been shocking. So I don't I don't understand if there are genuinely Spurs fans who think that we haven't backed Conte, they need to give their fucking head a wobble because it's not true whatsoever. Glenn, you were one of the most consistently pro Conte, I'd say, on this podcast. For you I want to get your your view on like this season as a whole, not just where it starts to fall apart, but from someone who was backing him more. Like, what did you see in this season compared to last season in terms of like, what what why has it gone wrong? Basically, I think you have to split the season into two halves completely. Like <clears throat> pre Chris pre Christmas pre sorry pre World Cup, Spurs were doing very well we were we were I think six points ahead of the points tally that we'd made last season in comparative games I think there's a lot of like narrative that we weren't doing well pre-world cup because Arsenal was still doing so well then like it was annoying that Arsenal were top then but we were actually doing so well before then and then post-world cup and post like whatever's happened personally in Antonio Conte's life, it's just been an absolute car crash. He hasn't wanted to be there. The players have looked like 
Antonio Conte hasn't wanted to be there. Whenever Antonio Conte wasn't there, it seemed like they showed some fight and desire under under Stellini. So I, it just it just shows that something's gone wrong, either in his personal life or in his belief in staying in the team. And the longer it's dragged on that he's not committing to the team and committing to a new contract, the less belief the team has in his <clears throat> in his instructions, in his tactical instructions. How can a man who has refused to commit to the team by signing an extension to a contract that's in his contract, like we can extend him tomorrow if we want to, how can he say that the team isn't committed when him himself has not committed to Tottenham Hotspur? It makes zero sense whatsoever. Showing desire for the badge, showing commitment for the badge comes from the top. You create an atmosphere and and a way of playing that creates desire, the desire to win. He has not done that in any way, shape or form. You can tell that by the fact that he goes back to Italy every time we have five days break. He goes back for three days. Like he he comes in and like sort of says, Oh yeah, there's no this, there's no that. Um he tries to say these things about the fans, oh they pay all this money for the tickets. Last week he was like, Yeah, the fans haven't given me patience. They they need to give me patience. Last year was a miracle. They need to give me patience to win trophies. He calls out the fans one week and then he's and then he's trying to like get us back on side by saying the f- the fans deserve better. You, I understand if he comes out with this rant after we've not been knocked out the FA Cup by Sheffield United. That I understand completely because they are a team that we should be beating. There was no desire in that game and it was an awful performance. Against Southampton, a team, by the way, who had who before that game had seven points in their last five games playing against Chelsea, United and Leicester, who looked to have like turned a corner a bit. Like they've got points off all of them teams. This is this is a team with a new manager under a new manager bounce. We played them off the park for part, like a lot of that game. We created some really good chances. And until the penalty, I think we were dominating the expected goals by about a goal and a bit. Like it, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't make sense to me. And yes, we were getting dominated in the midfield at times, but that's been the that's been a, a part of his tactic. He doesn't play three in midfield, and that's his fault. That's not the desire of the two midfielders playing against three players. It it just begs belief. Like I don't understand how he hasn't been sacked already. Well, it's. Glenn, yeah, while, while, while you're talking, yeah, yeah, we just got some news. Um, obviously, I, I haven't been able to check this out. It's just a screenshot from Eddie that he's thrown into the chat. But Tottenham are expected to part ways with Antonio Conte this week. Um, that is via the Telegraph. By the time you listen to this, maybe he's gone. Um, he should but, be. He should look, be gone. He should be gone. Yeah. But he should have been gone already. This is the thing, and, yeah. and the wording of that is. Are expected to part ways with Antonio Conte this week. Should be a certainty. Yeah, I mean, it should be that's... gone tonight. There should there should be a big announcement with a picture of the Spurs stadium. Club announcement: We have decided to part ways with Antonio Conte. We will be watching Ryan Mason and Ledley King on the sideline for <laughs> for the next 
10, 10 games or whatever until we go and deliberate about which manager we should go and get for the next 10 weeks in summer as well. Like it's it's so predictable. The, the, the thing I would pop. say, the thing I would say though, when you said that, the idea of Ryan Mason and Ledley King being on the sideline, I, I know you were slightly joking about throwing King in there, but it doesn't really fill me with confidence. It actually kind of makes me feel a little bit embarrassed. Like the fact that it, we've basically done the same thing again. We've just yeah, sacked the superstar again. manager um, this time in the form of Antonio Conte before it was in the, the form of Jose Mourinho. And now we have, let's face it, someone with a bit of potential in Brian Mason, but, you know, someone who's learning on the job as as our manager for the second time in two years. This isn't how a top six club should act. This is not how a top six club should act at all. Um, and Jed, that's something you've said consistently. You've been like, your biggest criticism of Levy has, for me, hasn't even always been about like, oh, he doesn't spend money. You say, just look at what they do. That's the mm. biggest criticism of Enoch and Levy. Um, so Jed, how do you react to the fact that it's looking like it will be Mason until the end of the season, last 10 games again? I think I, I do agree with you in the sense that it's it's not a great look for the club. Um, we sh- we shouldn't be in this position again. Almost what two years after? I, I think it probably is now. Not even two years ago that Jose got the sack, maybe. Um, and yeah, it's just it, it just backs up the point that I think we all make that I don't really think that the board have any idea what they're doing football wise. There's no vision. And you know what's going to piss me off the most, yeah, is if if we do have Mason till the end of the season, fine, whatever. I think me and you have both, I think maybe all of us have said that I don't think it's right to bring a new manager in at this point, because especially at this point now, I think the atmosphere is way too toxic. I think it's going to be a bit too much to try and sort of turn it around. Not even turn it around, we're still fourth. That's the thing. I say turn it around like we're sitting in 10th. We're fourth. But yeah. either way... It's a poisonous atmosphere at the moment. And if if that new manager comes in now, doesn't get off to a good start, like we've said, the the, the enthusiasm for the project is is sucked out of it. And that you can't afford to have that happen when you've basically you you're probably gonna if if we're led to believe all the all the the reporting on it that we do want to co- commit to a project manager next, then you can't afford to go into the summer off the back of ten potentially very bad games because of the atmosphere that's already exists within the club. We can't afford that. So fair enough, we can get through to the end of the season with Mason. Um, if it's top four, I guess the club are sort of at, at peace now with the fact that they might not make that, because, I mean, we, we probably weren't going to with Conte anyway. Um, and one thing I do want to say, which has is, is really been pissing me off these last few months, is that some of our fans need to fucking get a grip. Honestly, I'm I'm getting sick to death of some of these fans <clears throat> who have this sense of entitlement that we should we should just be so grateful that Conte and Mourinho and we've said that Mourinho wasn't as bad as Conte, but Poch got us to where we are to the point where we could appoint those managers. Poch took us to the heights that that we got to, um, and they seem to they seem to just completely disregard the fact that he's done that. And that we got to a point where we could appoint managers like Conte and Mourinho. And now that all of a sudden we should be that club. Tottenham are not that club. We need to have a clear vision. 
We can't just bounce from manager to manager, paying off paying off managers here and there, big money, just because they've got a big name. We can't do that. And fans all of a sudden think that just because we have Conte, we should just fucking suck it up, listen to his bullshit because he's won everything everywhere he goes. Nice, bollocks. No one's bigger than the club, so stop acting like all these people are bigger than the club because Tottenham will still be here, but these managers are going to come and go. And we just need to get back to what we were and realise that we're not built to be that sort of club, especially not at the moment. I don't know. Under these owners, we probably never will be that club. So stop stop bending over for these managers that, that hate us and try and get back on side with what the club should be. Do you know what I don't understand about like people who are particularly vehemently <clears throat> leave you out is that they will act for me it's, it's intellectually so dishonest the way they act where they say like oh you want to go back with that loser Pochettino and they're like what did he ever do did he ever win a trophy and then you're like yeah but he got us to like a Champions League final and then their response to that would be like oh you're a loser you're celebrating Champions League final I'm sorry though Conte has gone out to Sheffield United, Middlesbrough, Nottingham Forest, and an average AC Milan side. How? Why is he still regarded as... And he couldn't get us through that Europa League conference group. Yeah, why is he still regarded as someone that is good for Tottenham and has been successful at Tottenham? Jose Mourinho, he got us to the Carabao Cup final, fair enough, but... Part of that was playing uh, Championship Brentford in a semi-final. If you just compare it pound for pound, Poch has been, at least at Tottenham, which is the only variable which is a similarity between these three managers, has been a far more successful manager. So why do people, just because they leave you out, why do they automatically hate Poch? And surely the fact that we even sacked Poch is a criticism of Enoch too. Why do they say that Poch is like some kind of yes, man. product of Levy? I don't understand this argument. It makes absolutely no sense to me. For, for Levy to reappoint Pochettino reflects badly on Levy. He has to say, I, I completely fucked the club up for three years. So why has Poch become pro-Levy? I don't get this at all. Eddie, what do you think? <laughs> um... I spent the last like ten minutes just agreeing with every single thing that everyone has said because I I think there is like a kind of a unifying quality to just the situation that we're in um, because we can and the uni and and to be fair that why it's unifying is because our unlike Conte we all feel the same way about the club we love the club and so we we know that whatever happens what we want for the club is best is what we what we want for the club is what's best for the club whereas what conte wants is what's best for conte and it's always been like that with 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 the comments that he's made recently even in the comments that he made yesterday he said i'm unfamiliar in this situation i've never been in this situation <laughs> bruv so <laughs> because you haven't been in this situation, it means it can't happen. It's happening. So, yeah, so unless uh, unless what you're saying is I can't coach at a club unless I'm in the top four or in the top two, then coach, do your job. If you don't want to do your job, then leave. Or or and 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 the thing is, it's like 
it's so obvious, like we said at the top of the uh, top of the episode, that it's all the signs and all this is all the hallmarks of a man who wants to get sacked. He doesn't want to leave. He he wants to he he wants to be able to say he got sacked. It wasn't in his hands. Um, just like he's saying these results are not in his hands. Just like he said previously, if you want to succeed, you have to follow me. All of it means that his reputation in his eyes is maintained. And to to me, that that is someone who doesn't love the club. He may be passionate when when we're playing, and that's that's different because bruv, I could be jumping around screaming for Bournemouth. Do you know what I mean? Like Bournemouth are playing Liverpool, I start celebrating for Bournemouth. Doesn't mean I'm I want to be Bournemouth manager. Doesn't mean I support Bournemouth. It doesn't mean I love the Bournemouth club. But if it, it, it's football, football gets you passionate. This guy is actually club like club manager. He, he's employed by Spurs. He's been at the club for a year and a half, and somehow I'm asking him to be commit committed to the club. That makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. And like Glenn said, it's is. It's, it's so hypocritical to be like, you know, there's no passion, there's no desire, there's no there's no commitment. You need to commit. You even need to commit or you need to 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 let go. Because it's it's not about you anymore. But it's and 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 the problem is it, it has, it's always been about him in this situation. And like you said, it's been a tough season for him personally, and I understand that. And if you wanted to, and if the plan was to go at the end of the season, fine. But at least, like, go on, like, have some shame. Yeah. Like, you, like have some decorum. Like, you've, you've been employed by the club. You're getting paid 15 million a year or whatever. And and you're acting like this every week. It's, it's pathetic. It's so, it makes me so angry. And, like, every time something gets uh, brought up when I'm, when I'm out now, I... I like, I think there's like a, some some kind of some kind of detonator goes off because like within two minutes I start shouting. <laughs> I, 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 it, I can't like we yeah. were we were joking about previously how we need to rebrand, bro. We I can't if if every week I have to talk about um, Conte the same way I did the week before, same way I did the week yeah. before. Well, that's the thing. We've been doing the same podcast since he came in. Because there's always been this thing about his contract. We always knew that this was the biggest kind of thing hanging over the, over our heads. And he would always give these messages saying, you need patience with me. And just, you know, I, I feel like I'm repeating what you said because we could always see this as the main, 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 main issue. And this season it's got even worse because let's be honest, I think we all said this on the podcast and I got I got to give a shout out to Windy here on Extra Inch because he said this and when he said this, I was just like straight away like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Which was, people kept saying, we're in the top four, even though we win every week. Uh, sorry, even though we yeah. lose every week, we're in the top four. We're in the FA Cup whatever round and we're in the Champions League round of 16. Yeah, we were. That was a fact. But I think everyone knew we were probably going to get knocked out by Milan the way things were going unless maybe Stellini took those games I, I genuinely mean that I think maybe if Stellini had remained in charge instead of Conte there was a, a chance in those games um, 
to be fair, no one really saw Sheffield United coming, but I don't think anyone truly believed that we were actually going to do anything under Conte. It's been like that for a long time. And <clears throat> one thing I keep thinking about in, in my mind, one thing I keep going back to is how we all acknowledged that he did well to get top four that season in the first season. And we were all buzzing when we got ahead of Arsenal. For me, I remember straight away my mood being killed by Conte in the interview afterwards saying, I need to now go away and go on holiday to think about what I'm going to do next. And I just think, you prick. You you just don't get it at all. You don't you don't care about the fans. You won't even let us have this moment. You've made it about yourself again. He, he's I've enjoyed the season by far the least in my lifetime as a Spurs fan. By mm. far. And I never ever thought I would say that. Because Sherwood, for me, was my own personal whatever, just make up an atrocity. It was awful. Dark, dark um, night of the soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and do you know what? It shows how important communication is as a manager. Because I hated him. As soon as he came in, as someone with no experience, he said, the job's got to be right for Tim Sherwood. I thought, I didn't <laughs> even, I don't even know who the fuck you are, mate. What, what are you talking about? It's like me saying the job's got to be right for podcasts or Cosmo Tier. No, I'd be twerking <laughs> for a fucking job as Spurs manager. If I if I somehow had the opportunity, if I was just thrown in there like he was. And he conducted all of his interviews like a complete knobhead. And Antonio Conte has somehow usurped him as the biggest knob ever to manage our football club. And a lot of people hated Jose Mourinho, who's nowhere near... I, I, I look back on Jose with nostalgia now. I'm like, it was actually kind of great. I don't, I don't know if that's the toxicity of this has just melted my mind, but it wasn't like this. This is just shit. Do you know what? Do you know what's even worse is when he goes into press conferences and says about the miracle of top four last year and all this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and how he's so happy to be in the top four at the moment. Like at like, well, he was like two weeks ago or whatever. Like, oh, we're in fourth place with this against who? Against who? <laughs> A Newcastle team that were battling <laughs> relegation last year. A Liverpool team that's falling apart. They they don't even know who to start every week. They just got <laughs> piped by Real Madrid. They get piped week in, week out by Bournemouth. <laughs> against Chelsea, who whose training ground looks like a, a playground. Gons <laughs> in, 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 in the changing rooms. But how how Bra- is he Brighton? How is Brighton he, are probably favourites, Brighton and Newcastle. This say, mirage yeah. that we're lucky to be in the top four. How? How we should we should be ten points, twenty points ahead of these dons. We are actually being sold down the river. It's crazy. It's insane what he's doing to our fan base. He he's he's somehow painted something that all our fans have followed for a little while. I've followed it for a bit, fair enough. But the fact that people are still following it now is crazy. I, I've I've seen the light. I've seen the light. This guy is he's the master. He, he he's twisted yeah. my mind so Top much. Crinkum, yeah. yeah, the elite Crinkum Kraken. Yeah, he's done the he's done the maddest on my mind. Thinking that we're lucky to be in the top four, we're, we're lucky to have been beaten by Sheffield United. <laughs> we played against one of the best teams ever in AC Milan, and we got knocked <laughs> out unfortunately by one goal. That that's what that's what he's telling me. That's what he's telling me. 
and he's twerking for that AC Milan job. And I hope he gets it. I hope he gets them relegated. <laughs> I hope you know, get relegated. You know what it. You know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I moved into tie there for a second. <laughs> oh. You know what it is. Cha- um, Chap has made a good point on on match of the day, um, where he said that um, over the last several weeks, Conte's now creating a, like a, a, a divide within the club with those comments between, you know, people that are pro Conte and people that are pro the owners. And that's really, really like a really terrible thing to do because those, those lines in the sound are, they should never be like, you should never have a manager who's like, look at what I've done. You know, you either back me or you back the owners. They're not mutually exclusive. You don't have to, you don't have to back the owners to see that that Conte's now become a cancerous, um, like a, a cancerous <clears throat> character at the club, and you don't have to back Conte to to criticize the owners. It is they're not they're not you know they're not mutually exclusive, but we've now he's now created this this us versus them narrative where like he's fighting with Daniel Levy or he's fighting against the club or he's fighting against the players he's fighting against the the fans the history of the club. That's not the case. He, we've said this week in week out. He knows. He knew at the beginning what he was getting into. He, um, he, he had promises made that he was going to get backed. He was backed. This season, he knew that he had to play two, uh, two games a week, three games a week. He knew that the World Cup was going to be a big disruptor in that. All of this, this, these are not unknown quantities. And then we put in that performance against AC Milan. And then we put in that performance against Sheffield. And that's just not good enough. It doesn't matter that, you know, we have, you know, a Benton call that uh, injured. It doesn't matter that we have Lloris injured. The performances that were that put out are not the signs of someone who, A, understands the club, B, understands the players, and C, wants to even stay. So I don't know what to do with this guy anymore. I don't, I don't really feel to support him. I want to support Tottenham, but I'm not happy to see us win anymore. And that's 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 a, that's a terrible thing to 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 have to deal with as a fan of the club. Yeah, one thing I don't understand with the people that do back him, despite the fact that he has lost to Sheffield United and you know gone out so meekly against Milan, is the fact that just like. Those results are so bad, and the football's so bad. What what are you seeing to to be like? Yeah, he. Did, I saw someone saying on Twitter, "Oh, th- these comments have made me like him even more." Like, what what do you like? What is there to like about this guy? They don't. It's not that they like it. They just hate Levy so much that they think that like this is some net positive for the club that he's called out the club. I mean, the time's about to run out, so I'm not going to go over everything that you've just been over. But it it just boils down to their hatred for Levy more than anything else. And as long as, like, someone's shitting on Levy, whether it's good for the club or not, it's like, it doesn't matter to them. I mean, I said it in reply to Jack from Royal Roos. I'm like, at this point, I'm not even sure if they even care about the club. I don't think it's about them hating Levy. I think they just don't. I think they use Tottenham as a vehicle for their own misery in their in their life, and yeah, yeah. they're not sports for me. I hear it. 
Anyway, time's going to run out. Let's uh, go to part two. All right, welcome back to part two. Um, we were just saying off air that there are links to Oliver Glasner and Spurs have apparently approached him. I don't know that much about Glasner. Um, when I have seen Frankfurt play, I haven't been struck by by them being particularly attacking, to be honest. Um he, he is Frankfurt manager, right? You guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Your face is kind of scared me for a second there. Um, um, but uh, yeah, Glenn, you were saying he's another one that slags the players off every single week. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I can't part with that anymore. Can't. Brains. Yeah. I can't do it. So, say we're looking for the perfect manager. Let's just take away Poch for a sec. What ingredients do we want in there? Let's let's say we're 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 drawing up some job requirements for the next guy. What do we want? What are the bare minimums that we want? Just um, get, um, get behind the club for starters. Yeah, likes the club. Let's have that. If, likes if the club. There is, if that's all there is, come. I'm happy. I think one of the things that um, that kind of we meme now, but like with with Nuno, there there was like a there was like an air of just like calmness and just kind of like, you know, just, just we want the club to like be moving forward. Um, like the football was awful, but like I never got the sense that like he hated the players or anything like that. And I think there's that. And obviously there's not much we can take positively from Nuno's uh, <laughs> brief tenure, but I would just like someone who's just like... <laughs> Who's whose overall demeanor isn't to like create a circus around the club. Okay. Yeah. No slagging off the players in public. Let's let's have that. Um likes the club. These are bare minimums. Then you've also got to have attacking football because we have suffered as Spurs fans for three years. And and do you know what? Like another criticism of Levy. I, I, I've, I've said this before, but I genuinely think he lucked out with Poch. Don't think he's, no one saw that progression come in. Even, even Poch, he said, I didn't expect to be nearly winning the league by the time we were leaving Wild Lane. So if you look before Poch, when we had AVB, AVB didn't play good football. Let's be honest. So this is, we've been slowly losing the supposed Spurs DNA for a, for a long time. Um, so. At the bare minimum, I think it's got to be an attacking coach. I think it's also got to be a project. Um, I know we flip-flopped on this a little bit. Um, but for me, that's one of the reasons why, even though Luis Enrique plays good football, Jed, I think, I can't remember if he said it off-air or on-air, but he brings too much circus factor. Brings too much noise, like you were saying. We can't. I, I just don't want a massive name like that again. Yeah, I think. Go on, Greg. Yeah. I, I was gonna, I was gonna add one to it. I, I want, I want someone who's gonna develop, develop young players as well. I, I, I don't, I don't want another manager who it begs the club to bring in thirty-year-old wing backs who can't run anymore, and like says, "Oh yeah, that." <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Thirty is generous. Yeah, <laughs> thirty is generous to Perisic. I, I was directing that at Perisic. But like we've we've just signed a lot of young players, Jed Spence, Destiny Udogi, uh Pedro Porro, um, yeah, 
We've got Scarlett, who's out on loan, but isn't doing very much anymore. So Skip and Scar. Skip and Saar. Kulu's not out. Yeah, like we've got players that can be developed and they're all very talented players. So develop them. We're going to have to get rid of Hugo Lloris at the end of the season, it seems. So bringing in a young keeper could be good. Harry Kane could be gone, depending on who the new manager is. So someone who develops young players, someone who puts trust in youth and isn't going to tell them that they're a club signing and he wants to send them off to the depths of France after two weeks of having them. That'd be nice. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? You're, that's so right. Like, what the words for sure the club wanted him. Don't, don't, I never want to hear that again. Oh yeah. my god! How excited were we when we signed Jed Spence, and then uh, again no, he does the, he does the Norwich move, just shits all over everything straight away. For sure, the club wanted him. Well, well, didn't he, didn't he try and say that about? Oh, he said it about Dan Juma as Dan well. Juma. Yeah, yeah, Dan Juma. That's what I'm saying. He was he was he was like he has no position in my team. He's he's not a he's not an attacking midfielder, and he's not a nine. So. He and he's just destroyed his career in like two sentences. Is there. it okay? I, I'm interested to dig down into that a little bit. Is that another case of Levy completely failing to and Paratici to show any joined up thinking? Yeah. Or is this Conte being Machiavellian and just saying, yeah, okay, yeah, bring him in, yeah, I'll play him, and just then using it as another stick to to beat us with and essentially sandbagging the season and trying to get sacked. Would, would you, is that a possibility? Am I reading between the lines here? Am I going to Alex Jones? Be insane. It would be insane. If that uh, was uh, he is yeah. insane though. I would he hope is. he did, I would hope he doesn't hate us that much that he would go to those lengths. But maybe he does. But I, I think I think it's more to more to do with the um with the former in the sense that it's just leaving him and Paratici just not really having any, any idea. The, the vision of the club like we 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 knew a point in Conte that he wouldn't really want signings like this and this is just Levy buying players that he thinks are right for Tottenham and to be fair which probably someone that Spence is the sort of signing which we should be going for but we're not set up for that at the moment so you don't then go and force that player on someone if that's not something you want I do I, I listen I I think I've always said that I'm very reluctant with Conte and, and the demands that he's going to make for certain signings. Um, I think we compromised a lot in getting some, someone like Perisic for him. Um, but I think you just you can't you can't sign a manager and then just start signing players for them. You need to you need to all be working together because this is the result of 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 basically all of it. When when you don't, you, you get situations like. Mourinho, Nuno, um, Conte, and then you can't you can't work towards replacing the former manager that you just had because the squad is so so mishmash in the sense that you've you've recruited for one manager who plays a completely different style of football, and then the next manager you're going to go to is is going to be someone completely different. So yeah, it, 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 again, it does all fall on Levy, and I'm not saying it's always fault. Obviously, we, we all hate Conte here, but. Yeah, it's. I, I do worry about footballing decisions still. Don't get me wrong. 
Yeah, that's that's another massive thing hanging over us. What the hell's happening with Paratici? Does Levy? Yeah, of of course, of course. But do we think he? Do you think he might stay, Jed? No, I don't. I don't think he will. Does he lead the? Does he lead the club for the manager search? You can't. But but that's that's another thing as well. Now, so we're, we're clearly getting rid of Conte. Paratici has to go with him. He has to. There's no there's no reason for him being here now. If we're going to go on a different different journey now and a different vision, you can't have Paratici there. Because in my opinion, although some of his, his signings have been good, the style of manager that he wants is 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 nowhere near what we should be going for. You saw the list that was was drawn up. Um Enrique's number one choice. Yeah, okay. Probably good football. Is 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 it might be It'll be slow football, but at least we'll be on the front foot. But then you look at Enrique's football, our squad is about nine or ten players away to, to be suited to that. How do you look at the you look at a midfield of all defensive midfielders? You look at centre backs, who only one of them can really play with the ball. Longley can play with the ball, but he's on loan. So how do you think you're gonna bring in someone like Enrique and then all of a sudden you're gonna go from how we're playing now? which is reactive football and counter-attacking football, to being asked to have 70% of the ball every single game. How can that be your number one choice? He can't. Paratici cannot be there. He cannot be leading this search. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I would say is like, I just don't know who Levy would bring in. I don't trust the the judgment on him actually appointing a sporting director who can lead like a manager search to actually find a good attacking manager. I think, to be honest, in an ideal world, something that would probably gas me would be if we just took Brighton's or Brentford's technical staff. Um, yeah. But Brighton have just been gutted by uh, by Chelsea. So I don't know what remains of that. It seems like it still remains like a good operation, but but who knows? Um or the alternatives is maybe you go abroad um, or you just look at like around at teams in, in the UK that are doing smart things with their recruitment. Um, I'm not sure on that, but let's, let's talk about some names that would be more suited. By the way, Jed, on your point about Enrique, I think I would gen- genuinely lose interest if we appoint them. I know the football might be decent, but it's a likable just... guy as well, but it's just, he is, yeah. he is to be fair. But it, it, no, it's, it's not right. It's not it right, right. Feels like we're trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat for the third time in a row, and it's just that is not what I want at all. So I've written some names down. Obviously, we've got Poch, the obvious. Just you know, that's that's a very sensible one to possibly go back to. Also, with Poch, maybe you don't even need a sporting director role there, but seems like that's the route we got. We will go down. Deserby, I think he's he's playing. At the very least, he's just playing incredible football with with Brighton, but he's getting results as well. He his teams are capable in the FA Cup of beating uh, lower division teams as well, which Conte is not capable of doing. <laughs> Amarim, not quite as front foot, but I do like him and I do like what he's doing at Sporting. But I, you know, he's from the Portuguese school, which does tend to be much more reactive. There is also probably a case of pretty privilege going on there. The fact that he is incredibly handsome and (laughs) 
dresses quite <laughs> swaggily. I don't know how much that probably sways me. I'm not sure. Then you've got Ange Postacoglu, who, um, oh, who Nathan yeah. on Twitter bangs the drum for, but I don't trust anyone being appointed from the Scottish League. I'm sorry, Glenn, but I just think it's a huge step up in, in quality. Um, any other names? I think that there's still names. Thomas oh, Frank. Glenn loves Thomas Frank. Frank. I love Thomas Frank. I'm going to bang on about Thomas Frank until the day I die. And also with Amarin, can I just say, they're fourth in the league, in the Portuguese league. They're behind Braga in the league. Like, he did, he did we, win them the first title in that 20 years, though. When he and, they did, and they did sell all the best players. Okay. Yeah. In fairness, they've done that. However, Benfica have also done the same for years and years and years. That's, like, that's another one, by the way. And they're, and they're top of the league by an absolute country mile. Roger Smith. Yeah. That's, that's but, however, I'm, I'm just putting out, and the Celtic manager, I don't want to see us even linked with him. You see, did you see what Gerard did at, at, at Villa? With, having, yeah, exactly, having, exactly. Having spent two hundred million after winning Rangers their first league title in twenty years, I do not want to see any manager from the Scottish League anywhere close to this club before they've managed Southampton into the top half of the table. I'm not. Bang I'm on. not. I, I do not want to see that fat Australian prick. <laughs> in Honestly. You had to take it too far. Um, apologies, to it apologies to apologies <laughs> to all the Australians and fat people out there. But I'm just saying that my dad's a Rangers supporter. I've heard it too many times. Look, I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just repeating what I heard. I'm just repeating what I heard. Anyway, I don't. I don't want him anywhere near our club. No, I like Frank. I like. I like the Frank show. Yeah. And and he's he's honest in interviews, but he never downs the club. They yeah. have spent little to no money turning over their players yeah. like since the championship. Like they, they sell their players, their best players always get sold, apart from Tony. Well, we know what happened there. Like he's he's gonna be banned for ten months or whatever. But yeah, like he never complains about the way Brentford's run. Never. Yeah. They haven't spent hear, over twenty million pounds on a player ever. I do hear Cosmo's concern about um the structure at Brentford and how he's basically been brought through in that structure, and if that just if he's based if that's basically falling into his lap, but I do think he's quite adaptable, and I think I do think he is someone I could really get behind. I like his personality. I think he would really galvanize the fan base. Um, I do think there's a lot of other managers as well, but maybe that aren't necessarily ready for that step up at the moment. I think they need more time. So like obviously Carrick, company. Um, Chabi Alonso is doing a good job. Uh, I saw someone... go Motta. Oh, you know what? He's doing. He's doing a good job as well. He's doing a really good job. Um, and then I saw someone today on Twitter say that to keep an eye on Nagelsmann at Bayern because if they get knocked out of the Champions League, they're currently second in the league. They might not even win the league. So if they, if they were to have that sort of season. With Tuchel being available, they might go in for someone like that. And if someone like Nagelsmann becomes available, um, <laughs> I know I've just said he might not win the league and he'll get knocked out early in the Champions League. So for Bayern standards, that's not great. But I think that's someone that would suit us. Instinctively, when you said that, I'm like, yes, I hope that happens. But would you be a bit concerned about him being on the way down? 
potentially. He's no. too young. No, he's too young to be on his way down already. Yeah. Like Bayern's a massive club, and I think the jump up. He he made two jump ups in like a very small amount of time. The jump up to Leipzig and the the jump up to to Bayern. It's like it's incredibly difficult to like put any kind of trajectory in his career at the moment because it's like he's climbed right to the top in the first 10 years of management. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think he's, it would be catching him on the way down. I just think that like he needs time and, and clubs like Bayern Munich, you're not going to get that um, because it's another club like PSG where winning the league isn't going to be enough. So um, it's not really fair to judge him based on that. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there, but yeah. Right. And then a few more managers, uh, obviously the Benfica one, Roger Schmidt, uh, Feyenoord manager, is doing bits at the moment. I think he's top of the, the Dutch league and doing well in Europe. And I can't remember who the other guy is now. As a fan base, have we gone off Gallardo as well? I know I that was think, a big, a massive shout. Like, I don't think the club are looking at it. I just don't think the club are looking at it, to be honest. I think, again, that's that's another risk as well. I've been not managed in Europe at all. Yeah. Um, and the Mines manager as well, Bo Svensson, he, he's done a good job there. Um, I don't know, man. It, it just depends if the club want want a, a, a big-name manager or they, they want to go for a proper project. So I hope it's the latter because we just need something that we can get behind now. We're still... Yeah, we're not going to go for someone who hasn't got the, the, the requisite... Uh... You know, um, coaching badges, I reckon. Yeah, I, I don't know if you know this. He has to pay twenty two thousand euros every single game. And, and he's uh, he's unbeaten. Yeah, he's unbeaten. He's unbeaten. Uh, he's not. Why do not, they have to pay that? He's not unbeaten anymore. They got beat on the weekend. Ah, good. Ah. Stay away. Good. I don't no. want that. I don't want that ginger freak at our club. <laughs> <laughs> um. Off that, you know, we didn't mention Poch at all there. Again, this is one of the frustrating things about doing the podcast is I I felt like we've spoken the same way about Conte every single week and it ends up in the same conversation about Pochettino every single time, which I I just don't even want to rehash again. But when we were going through some of those younger, uh, younger managers in particular, I was thinking, you know what? I could actually get behind that. I could get behind getting someone who's like relatively unknown and just backing them over like a two or three year um, period is I, I do want Poch back. My heart wants Poch back, but is there an argument that it would just be better to just go completely fresh? There, there's always going to be this big Pochettino elephant in the room whenever we sack a manager until we try it again. And I think he wasn't backed before because we were building the stadium. Now that the income's coming in from the stadium and the stadium's been built, whatever, he's not managing a club at the moment. He hasn't got ties to any other Premier League teams anymore. I think now's the the only time. It could be the last chance that we have to get Pochettino back while he's still a top, top manager because who knows, he might fail at another club. And then we won't want him. Yeah. But yeah, he loves the club. Ryan Harry Kane Ma- will probably stay. Ryan Mason as yeah. well. Say say Ryan Mason now just 
does a really good job towards the end of the season. I know some sources have been saying that like he's he's the genuine name that they're considering. I mean, I I don't know if that would be too risky or or if we should sort of maybe let him have another managerial job somewhere else first. That's what I was thinking. Honestly, if he goes on a really good run now, if Conte is to go, which it looks like he's going to, I think I think it would be one that the club might look at. Depends what the football's like, you know. Like if you say, as you say, like say he tears it up over the next ten games, and if the football's electric on top of that, which it wasn't last time he was on charge in charge. Let's be fair, but you know he's very inexperienced back then. Um, but yeah, if the football's electric and he does well, then maybe. Maybe, but you know, like like you say, I think it's just it's too early for him. I think even if he does do well over the next ten games, I think maybe just let him go somewhere and prove himself. Who knows? Mm. It could work. It could work. But he's so young as well. He is so young compared to the rest of them. Yeah, he is. Like he should still be playing, really. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any any other business, boys? No. You guys can watch the next game. If he's not there, sure. I haven't sure. I haven't seen Pedro Poro play well yet, so I'm I'm trying to see that. We're at home against Spurs. Shit, sorry, we're away. <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> we're always against Spurs, mate. Um... No, no, I'm, I'm. Yeah, we're playing against Everton. I have to watch. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a home picture for you, wherever that one is. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Fair. I just. I'll watch if he's not there. It's on yeah. a Monday at 8pm as well. I, yeah. I seriously doubt it. I haven't got to get a dodgy stream for it either. So I'm not... That's the thing. I've not been going out my way to watch it now. But for the for the last, like... For the weeks before this, I was at least going out my way to watch it. But I said to you guys, after, after the week of Sheffield United in Milan, that was enough for me. That was enough. And I'm I surprised got, he's even still there. I got suckered back in. And still end, end, ended up watching it. It's just such a rookie error. Definitely went to the game. You went to the game. That's the yeah. killer. Oh, what, the Milan one? No, no, yeah. No, I mean, I watched the Southampton game. In, oh, pre- yeah. in pretty much this entire I was too busy watching an improv show at yeah. Festival. Glenn, Glenn, have you got an announcement? I, I, had, had, a little, I had a little question from my brother. Um, okay. W- would, would you hire another manager who plays five at the back? Ooh. Thing is, I think the the squad kind of suits it because you got a dogie coming in and you got Poro, um, and also uh, what's he called out online Spence. But yeah. I think they, they've, physically, all played, they've all played in fours. They've all, yeah. they've all, 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 all of them have played in four at the back. But physically, I just feel like I can't watch it. I can't watch it anymore. Two oh. two tweaks at fullback. Yeah. Yeah. And it means we have to get we'll, we'll have to get two centre backs if we're going to play a three, which I don't think we're going to have the budget to do that, and get a keeper and sign Kulusevski and Poro permanently. I think it'll be too much. I think go back to four at the back, get Kim from Napoli. And why would Kim come to us though? That's the only thing I would say. It's Premier League, man. It's it's Barclays, isn't it? It's What's on? Son, he's got the links with Son. Uh, he's got the links with Son. We've we've got them links with uh, <laughs> South Korea. Yeah, like, he he he'd he'd be he'd become like an like a superstar overnight if he joined Spurs. That's very true. Also, Napoli don't really have the means to sustain what they're doing this season. 
Yeah, like, even though even though they'll win uh, this season, they might have a very good chance of winning the Champions League this season. They still will probably lose Osimhen. They will yeah. lose. Um, I mean, like Kim Kim Min Jae has got a release clause, anyways, um, in his contract. You've got players like Zelinski, um who who may be able to move on. Like they 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 may even lose uh, Kovacic Kovacelia. So there's an opportunity that that team could get gutted um, mm. after that after the success. So um, yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to to maintain that. And then you just have teams like Milan who will who will come back. Um, at some point as well. Yeah, I mean, I, might get docked fifteen points. Are are climbing back up the table again? Yeah, they might get top four. I I think I think we'd have to play them quite handsomely. That's not anything, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't seem doesn't seem an attractive move to me for him. But I, I hope think, it happens. I think it's only I think it's only forty two million euros. No, no, no. I'd like him. I just oh. personally, if I was him, I just wouldn't join us. But oh, I see, I see. My, yeah. Uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, hopefully by the time this comes out, um, Conte's gone, and we could be a little bit happier and actually watch Spurs again. So, yeah, it's not going to be best when we play Everton with two 0 down at half time. Yeah. No. Oh yeah, no. Exactly. Even if it's Mason, I know we're losing that game. I'm yeah, no, yeah. no fact that losing that game. Hey, on a Monday night, relegation scrap. Are you crazy? Sean is, you know when Sean Dyche was laughing when it was snowing? It's one of them one. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's going to be one of those kind of nights. All right. Well, I think that sums it up. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining me, boys. And if you've been listening this far, uh, yeah, drop us a little review on Apple Podcasts, a rating on Spotify. Share the pod on the social media. Tell tell a friend to listen to it. And um, yeah, thanks as always for listening. Listen to it on your way to brunch. <laughs> <laughs>